Well, we are going to conclude our series today uh, called The Good Life, and we want to just remind ourselves that we're looking in Mark chapters uh, 8, 9, and 10, and what we see in that is this beautiful picture of Jesus speaking with his disciples, preparing them to understand what uh, living in his kingdom, living according to his ways, according to his good life and what that looks like, giving them even a picture of the kingdom to come in the transfiguration of himself on the mountain where we see Moses and Elijah come there and we see Jesus preclude this episode by telling them that they are to take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow him. And that's what the good life uh, requires, the true good life. And we understand from, from our own living and from everything we've kind of been t- talking about in this series is that the world wants us to believe something quite different than that. In fact, the world wants us to know it so much that it blares it in our faces every day. And we've talked about this as a megaphone that, that has begun uh, at, at the very beginning. The enemy in the garden told Adam and Eve, hey, uh, God just doesn't want you to experience what he's holding something back from you. And so when the, the uh, serpent tempted Eve with the fruit on the tree that God said of any tree you can eat except for this one, the enemy tells the lie that God is holding back from you what you deserve, what you ought to have. And he began the lie then to say, he just doesn't want you to eat of it because when you eat of it, you will be like him. And the lie from the very beginning is that you can be your own God. You can do whatever you want. You can live your life in whatever way you want. And Jesus says, whoever loses or whoever saves his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will save it. And that's when he says that we take up our cross, deny ourselves, follow him. And we've been speaking about specific things that the world tells us in this. It tells us that uh, uh, fortune is what we ought to chase after. And Jesus says that we ought to chase after something quite different, like generosity and caring for others. The world tells us that we ought to seek after pleasure and, and go uh, to any length and any depth to find the pleasure that will satisfy us. But it is a temporary satisfaction that we are looking forward. And Jesus gives us eternal hope and eternal fulfillment in his kingdom. And today we want to talk about fame. The world tells us that we should go after fame. And and you may not realize this or uh, it may not affect you necessarily. So uh, if if you think of fame as like you're trying to be uh, well known or uh, trying to achieve, you know, worldwide fame or something like that, that's not necessarily uh, exactly what the world tells us. Of course, uh, a lot of people are buying into this idea that if I could just be famous, if I could be well known, if I could advance myself, But really what I would say, what fame is, and it affects each and every one of us, it's really temporary personal advancement. Temporary personal advancement. Remember, everything that the world promises us 
It's temporary. One day it will burn up. One day it will leave. One day you and I will breathe our last breath. And whatever we've chased after in this world will be the things that we are left with. Temporary. What Jesus tells us is that we have something that can be lasting, much greater, much better. The true good life. The world tells us we ought to advance ourselves, our agendas, our names, our own renown. That we ought to be known and that people should know who I am and should know my name and that I should be somebody that people look to. And I would say that if all we are looking for in that is to advance ourselves in the here and now, then we've fallen short of what Jesus and the real good life tells us. Whereas fame is the thing the world tells us to pursue, Jesus tells us, on the other hand, to pursue serving others. Serving others. To pursue humility, to pursue putting others first and quit worrying about our own advancement and see if we can help others advance. And so we ask ourselves two questions today that I think will help frame this out and will help us understand the text and see what Jesus is showing us. The first question that we see, we find it in Mark chapter 10, 32 through 37. I encourage you to read there. The first question is this. Will you seek a position of power or a posture of humility? Will you seek a position of power or a posture of humility? Look look at what the the Bible says in Mark chapter 10, 32 through 37. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were astonished, but those who followed him were afraid. Taking the twelve aside again, he began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Jesus is pouring his heart and soul into them in this moment. He takes them aside. He said, I want you to know you've got to be prepared. You've got to know what's about to happen. See, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and they will hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him, and he will rise after three days. James and John, oblivious to what Jesus just said, the sons of Zebedee approached him and said, Teacher, We want you to do whatever we ask you. What do you want me to do for you, he he asked them. They answered him, allow us to sit at your right and your left in your glory. You see, (laughs) Jesus is pouring his heart and soul out to his disciples. He says, you've got to be prepared for what is about to happen. We're about to go to Jerusalem. I'm going there, and what I've told you all along and you haven't gotten yet is going to happen. I'm going to be turned over to these people, and they're going to torment me, and they're going to punish me for something I didn't even do, and, and I'm going to accomplish something that I have come to accomplish all along. And it's like James and John just walk up like they didn't even hear a word he said. It's like oftentimes when my wife is telling me to do something and I'm distracted and as she finishes saying something and I get to that point, I'm like, oh, I should have listened. I have no idea what she just said. That's like James and John in this moment. It doesn't happen. It probably happens more often than it should for me. But James and John walk up. It's like they weren't even listening. 
They were distracted. They were thinking about something else. And what were they thinking about? They missed the whole point of everything. They had been on the Mount of Transfiguration just days prior. They had been there with Jesus, clothed in glory. And they heard the very voice of God say, Be quiet and listen to my son. Listen to him. And they did it. All they could worry about was advancing themselves. All they could worry about was their power. Because you see, to sit on the right hand, on the left hand of the the king, the one who was establishing his kingdom, meant that they would be in a position of power themselves. And they were striving for their own glory. And we give them a bad rap, but we do the same thing when we constantly are worried about, what if, can I get this? Can I do that? What if people uh, would know this? What about my reputation? What about these things? And we spend our time, effort, and livelihood on worrying about our own selves and our own positions rather than understanding what Jesus wanted us to understand. And that his, that his kingdom is a kingdom where humility gets elevated, not pride. His world is quite, quite different than the American dream where you have to lift your boots up, your, yourself up by your bootstraps and go after it. And, and, and I'm proud to be American and I, I say go for all those things. But don't do it at the detriment of your spiritual life to understand that life Truly, advancement truly in the king's kingdom, in our king's kingdom, is about becoming humble. Jesus was about to demonstrate that far greater than you and I could ever understand, far, far greater than his disciples really knew. Jesus was about to humble himself completely, and all they could think about was exalting themselves. Jesus was about to go and die on a cross for a crime he didn't commit to save souls. And all that they could see was, can I be an important person in your kingdom? We must ask ourselves, what am I seeking in my life? Am I looking for my own Temporary personal advancement, or am I finding ways to be humble as Jesus was humble? I say we should choose humility as Jesus did. The second question that we must ask ourselves of this text and what we see in Mark chapter 10, verses 37 through 45, is the question Will you pursue your own glory? Or give your life for others. Look at what Jesus continues saying. I love, I love how Jesus responds to their arrogance and, and their aloofness. In, in true fashion as their rabbi and our savior, he, he uh, it says, verse 37, they answered him, allow us to sit at your right hand and left in glory. And Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. He doesn't say, were y'all paying attention? <laughs> Did you listen? No, he, he begins to teach them. You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to do what I'm about to do? Are you able to drink the cup I'm about to drink? 
Are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Again, aloof and fully not understanding what Jesus is talking about at all. And they said, we are able, they told him. Sure, sounds great. What cup is this? Give us this cup. It will be great. Let's do it. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not mine to give. Instead, it's for those for whom it has been prepared. Then the ten disciples, the other guys, are like, you idiots. You know, like they come around. They began to be indignant with James and John. Jesus called them over and said to them, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. So he's talking about the world and the agenda of the world and the, the, the way that the world approaches leadership and, and uh, fame and glory and renown. He says, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you will be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you see, Jesus begins to gently remind them about what he had just said. I'm about to go. I'm about to give myself over and be given over to the, gen- to the Gentiles. They're going to flog me, spit on me, and kill me. Are you able to drink from that cup? They had no idea what they were talking about. They didn't pay attention. All they were concerned about was becoming rulers in this kingdom. And Jesus reminds them, the world says those who rule over should lord it over them, but it can't be that way among you. If you want to be great, then you need to serve. True greatness comes from humility and servitude. You may think, well, of course, we know know that. We, We know about... Jesus' humility, and we know that we should have this mind, which is also in Christ Jesus, as Philippians 2 says, that Jesus, who didn't count equality with God to be a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself and became humble as a servant and put clothes on, uh, put uh, earthly clothes on, became like you and me, put flesh on, and died on a cruel cross. That's what we should be like. We know that. But I would say that Christians across our nation, perhaps in the world, churches and even pastors are abusing the power that they have, this so-called authority, the so-called power that they think they have, living contrary to the very words of Jesus. And I would say, as Jesus has shown us, that power and lording power over someone is not what God wants. It's not what he wants from you. It's not what he wants from me. God and Jesus wants us to be like him and to be humble, to empty ourselves of ourselves, to serve others, to care, to be compassionate, to be kind, to be loving. That's 
what Jesus wants. And that's what the good life has to offer. Where the world says that we should be famous and rulers and powerful, the, the good life, according to Jesus, is you should be humble and meek and mild. Jesus served, and he gives us the greatest example in the fact that he was willing to give his very life for us. Jesus says, no greater love has any person than he who is willing to lay his life down for his friend. That's what you and I must pursue. Not only to experience, not only to experience what the death of Jesus accomplished in our own lives, but to take that mentality, to take that example and to appropriate it in our own lives, to mimic Jesus in that way, to be humble, to serve, to be loving and kind when people don't even deserve it. Do you remember what Jesus said when the people were putting him to death? He looks to heaven and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Unless we not forget that my sin is just as guilty as theirs. And Jesus has said to the Father, for you and me, Father, forgive Derek. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he has for you as well. Shouldn't that alone bring us to our knees? Humble us. I don't deserve Jesus. I don't deserve his kingdom. I don't deserve his good life. I don't deserve any of it yet he gives it to me though I'm undeserving he gives it freely and Jesus gives it to you as well so why would we squander that great gift by seeking our own advancement the older I get and I turned older this week I turned 40 years old Someone wrote on my, um, it's actually, I don't know if it's Jason or Chuck or somebody, but they wrote Caution Elderly Crossing on my whiteboard, which is funny. But the older I get, the more I realize how indebted to Jesus I am. And the more I hope that I won't care as much about Derek being known I would care much more about Jesus being known he did all that for me shouldn't I give my life to let people know how amazing he is and shouldn't we give our lives to that same end to serve our neighbor to serve the people that are different than us. To serve the people that we, probably, we think that probably don't deserve it. But it doesn't matter because neither did we. 
But shouldn't we serve them to show them the love of the Savior? Today, would you humble yourself in this moment? And I don't know what that looks like for you. Just listen to the Lord and His leading. But can we, can we humble ourselves for just a moment in this time of response as we get ready to sing this song? Can we just humble ourselves and acknowledge and realize and thank Jesus that He loved us to that end and that we would be convinced that we need to give our lives for His glory, not ours. And we do that by serving others. Can we take a moment and just humble ourselves before Him to do that? Maybe you're here today and maybe you need to humble yourself before Jesus to begin with and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve your love, but I ask you to give it to me because I know you give it freely. Maybe today you need to trust in that wonderful sacrifice Jesus took because of your sin. And maybe you need to confess before him and ask him to be your savior. You can do that today. I'd love to share with you how to do that. And you can come up in just a moment if you'd like. You can see me afterwards if you'd like. Or you can text me, alive to 423-455-9458. Whether you're online or here in the room, you can text and we'll initiate that conversation. Don't leave today trusting in yourself, advancing your own agenda. Understand today that it's our job to humble ourselves before the Lord and to serve others with our lives. That's where the good life truly is found. It's very clear. It's what Jesus said in 8, chapter 8, when he said, uh, Deny yourselves, take up your cross, and follow me. Let's do that. Take a moment. The, if you would stand, the team's going to come and lead us in just a moment. But take a moment to focus your hearts before the Lord. Humble yourself before him now and just ask him to to show you what you need to do to respond to him today. Just take a moment in silence as the team comes to lead us. In just a moment, they'll lead us. But humble yourself before the Lord in this moment. Lord, may we truly be humble before you now, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Work in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's make this our prayer this morning. Lord, I come.